Jake Langham has just broken the Southeastern Conference career hits record. There's a drive. I think he did it. It's way back. Big hand Mack just did it again. Elijah McNamee with a magic moment. Here at the ballpark. Struck him out swinging and the Dodgers will head back to the College World Series. Hey yo, Matt Wyatt here. Hail State and welcome into Dogpile, the podcast. Presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Mississippi Land Bank online. MSLandBank.com Anything land related in North Mississippi, buying land, maybe selling or just looking around. And if it's farm related, you know, recreational property, a place to build that dream home, anything land related, make sure you start with the fine folks at Mississippi Land Bank. And again, all of the branch offices, email addresses, and, and phone numbers, and how to get in touch, when and where, are right there on the website at mslandbank.com. At Mississippi Land Bank, they understand the lay of the land. We just had media day for Mississippi State baseball this past weekend. It was actually on Saturday morning prior to a uh, little inter-squad scrimmage in the middle of the day on Saturday. And then, of course, uh, a lot of that going on because you're – Inside of a month now to the start of the season, practice underway. And so, because it was media day, media got to go and ask questions and hear them talk. So that's what you're going to get right here. I felt like this was something that, you know, for a lot of folks who listen to the podcast, you may have a drive uh, somewhere and it gives you a chance to kind of listen in to what coaches and players are saying. You may have seen some of this. And if you want to see videos, uh, the, the video that this audio comes from uh, with Chris Lamonis and players I've got it posted on the Facebook page, so check it out. It's just facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. If you haven't liked and followed the Facebook page, please do so, because, again, like I say, like this stuff came out, and the day that it happened, immediately day, I went ahead and posted the video there. Just an example of new stuff going up you know, pretty much every day, and sometimes some things posting there that you can't get from me in other places. So I'd appreciate it, again, liking and follow the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. But anyway, the videos are there. This is the audio of Chris Lamonis, head coach, his Q&A during media day. So he sat in the team room. I think they called it uh, the Omaha room, or maybe it actually was a team meeting room. And so we sat in there, and um, he was at the front. They had a microphone passing it around to media who could ask questions. I sat in the front row and kind of ran the camera and grabbed the audio. But you're going to hear the conversation, so the Q and the A, the questions and the answers in that media session with Chris Lamonis. That's going to come up first, and then we'll come back, and I'll let you hear some short conversation with a couple of players. Um, Jordan Westberg, junior shortstop. Justin Foscue, junior second baseman, two leaders. And let you hear that audio from uh, those two guys coming up as well. First up, though, here we go. Here's the Q and A press conference on media day with Chris Lamonas. Welcome. It's an exciting time of the year for baseball players. It was uh, yesterday was kind of an opening, you know, first team practice for us. Everybody's excited, jump on the field. Um, here at Mississippi State, you get pretty excited because that's the day we start moving into the rigs. So not only is the team out there, but your fans start moving in. Uh, they're excited to bring in all their stuff. And it, it's just a, it, it's a fun day for us, and it'll be like that all weekend. I'm sure we'll have a ton of fans in the park. And if you don't know already, we have uh, – 
probably the best fans in college baseball. So we enjoy seeing them out there. Um, it's been a great offseason for our guys. I'm proud of them. We just finished a semester with over a 3.2 GPA. Um, a lot of credit goes to our academic coach, Amanda Seifert. But uh, we had 30 out of 38 guys over a 3.0. And um, I know we talk about all their baseball talent, um, but we got a special group of guys. Friday nights, they've been out in the Challenger Leagues. They're out in the community. Um, just a special group of kids that we have. And uh, I credit that to the kids, but also our coaching staff. Um, Jake Gotro, National Assistant Coach of the Year. Scott Foxhall, National Teaching Pro of the Year. Um, so we surrounded these guys with some special people. And then all our staff. We just go, um, right now we've come out and spent a long time in the weight room. And, um, you know, hopefully we're pretty strong right now. And we're in shape and healthy and, and ready to go. Um, we've been ranked from four to about 15 in the country. And I think everybody's about right because we have some really good players and we have some really big holes. So if we can fill those holes and find the guys to play in those spots, which I think we have, then I think we have a chance to have a very special team. Questions? Hey, Chris. Uh, last year, I'm sure you knew a good bit of what to expect, you know, coming to Mississippi State, but got a chance to be around this fan base and, and kind of see the passion that's around it, especially in the Super Regional and, and all of that. But what was your thoughts on your first season? What did you kind of take away of being around this program as the head coach for, uh, for a year? And like you said, I, I had a pretty good idea, but when you walk out of that tunnel the first night, you realize, oh, this is special. This is a little different. And then as the year went on, there was just so many Jake Mangum gets the big hit, and it's a crazy day at the ballpark. And then you have your regional, and then – you know, the ninth inning of that super regional, just some special moments in my career, like things that I couldn't imagine, you know, going through. And, and But it's more the relationship piece, seeing somebody in town, going to speak at a luncheon. Um, yesterday, greeting, I always take time out of practice. Even in the middle of practice, I walk through the rigs, and I learned the story of one tortilla grill yesterday. You know, just one of the, you know, of why I ask them, why they call it this. And so it's just the history here is, is huge and the passion is huge. So it's been a, been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to year two. When you talk to your players this offseason, do they have anything to say about how nice it was to have continuity, to have the same coaching staff for, for an offseason for a change? They don't say it. They would never tell me that. So, um, But I think it is. I think uh, also the ballpark, right? Like this time last year, we still weren't moved in. And so dressing across campus, walking here, going through construction, I think having um, you know the same coaching staff and also the same you know, just have everything in-house. And in-house here is so nice that they have such an easy place to work out in and accessible from a facility standpoint. Chris, obviously, anytime replacing guys like uh, Jake or Elijah, I mean, how have you seen guys kind of adjust to that leadership role, whether it's Westy or Foskey or JT or any of those guys? I think we've seen that this fall. We're still working on it. You know, we, you know a team at this point really hasn't gone through too much adversity. Usually when you have adversities, when you see those guys stand up. And our group's great. The Westies, the Foscues, the JTs, they're, I mean, they, they, they work. They get after it every day. They lead in that world. Um, but we haven't hit adversity yet, and we will. And no matter how good we want to be, when you play in the SEC West, you're getting punched in the nose at some point. And, uh, you know, our strength and our culture, you know, will be a big part of how we fight through that. But I'm excited for those guys. I mean, Jordan Westberg and Justin Foscues and Tanner Allens, Rowdy Jordan. I mean, these guys have played a lot of – college baseball at a high, high level, and um, I feel good about where we're at. It's just hard to replace those. The, the Jake Mangum and the Ethan Small, that's, those two dynamics are hard to – not just their numbers, also their personalities. 
Luke Hancock didn't have a whole lot of opportunities behind the plate last year. How do you feel about him taking over that role, and how do you feel about the catcher position? It's good. I mean, I'm excited about Luke. Luke is, uh, Luke's caught JT so since he was about 14, I think. So they've been together a long time. Luke's a pretty steady personality back there. Uh, Logan Tanner is another guy coming up that we – I think he was rated maybe one of the better catchers in the country coming in. So we feel like we'll have, you know, a good spot there. And then Austin Kelly backing them up. So uh, we feel good about it. Um, I'll be honest with you, I was more worried about catching last year at this point. And – Dustin Skelton ends up having one of the better seasons, you know, behind the plate of anybody in the country. So, um, you know, I give a lot of credit to Kyle Cheesebro, our catching coach, but also to those guys and their work ethic. And, you know, hopefully we'll see the same thing with Luke. You mentioned uh, Dustin's year kind of coming from out of nowhere. A few guys in that bullpen last year kind of came from out of nowhere too. Colby White and Jared Lebelt kind of stepped up and stuff. Who's this year's Colby White, Jared Lebelt, the guys <laughs> nobody's really talking about that, that we, we may see this year? We got a couple of special guys back there. We have a lot of depth, you know, trying to figure out here, you got to figure out who can run out between the lines and compete and throw strikes in front of big crowds and pressure situations. But, um, you know, we have a kid, Carlisle Costler, who was a transfer. Um, he's a, feels like he's 30 years old. I think he's only 24. Um, but he's been through a lot of college baseball. And he, um, you know, he was the uh, closer at Heinz Community College. He was the Friday night guy at southeastern Louisiana, he's done it. He's been there. He has good stuff. He has a maturity. I think he's a swing guy for us because he could start on start for us too. Um, you know, we have a couple freshman guys, Landon Sims through yesterday, um, really polished, big-time recruit coming in. Um, you know, the left-handed piece, Jared Chimper, uh, Jack Egan, Houston Harding. Well, you know, we need to find a good left-handed piece. That's where Tristan Barlow for us was huge for us, especially early last year. Um, but it's going to be by committee a little bit. Uh, you know, we have a handful of JUCO arms that we brought in that um, that'll give us a chance to Chase Patrick, uh, Jackson Forrester, just some of those names that we feel like we have some depth there. So it'll be a lot of matchup probably. Probably won't be one guy like Cole, you know, like we had last year. All right, wanted to jump in here. We'll take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors, and right back with more of the Q and A with Chris Lamonis. Every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun, soil, and rain. And farmers in North Mississippi also rely on another important partner, Mississippi Land Bank. Because land and farm financing are Mississippi Land Bank's primary focus. We've grown alongside these farmers' crops for more than 100 years. We understand what a farmer needs, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi. And that's where I stand. Uh, in that same vein, starting pitching, you're, you have a lot of talent there, it seems like, and some guys competing there, but some unknowns too. I mean, obviously JT pitched most of last year, got kind of tired at the end of the year. But uh, what's your thoughts on, on what you're going to be having on the mound there in that regard and um, the inexperience that, that some of those guys have? You know, um, <clears throat> we have a chance to have a dynamic pitching staff, dynamic, but a couple of them haven't done it yet. And that's the, that's the piece that we have to find out what happens between the lines. Um, we all know JT. We feel like we can go Friday night with anybody in the country with JT. Um, but Christian McLeod is a guy who we loved last year, um, had to red shirt because of an illness, and is back. And um, we feel like he has a chance to be one of the better number twos out there in the country. We felt that way last year, and we didn't get to have him. That was that left-hander we needed, you know, most of last year. And then uh, Eric Sarantolas had a really good spring training. Um, if he figures it out, he's a first-rounder type of guy. I mean, his stuff, we've seen it 
SEC tourney, he was 96, 98. Now, in a starting role, he's not throwing that hard. But um, we feel like he has a chance. And then we have Costler. We have a freshman, Davis Rokos, who has a chance to be really good. Um, but we'd like, kind of like to slide him in easily as time goes on, let him get his feet wet. But we have a couple really good options there. Uh Obviously, this team has had a lot of success in the College World Series. Uh, how much pressure is on the team and yourself uh, to get back to Omaha this year? It's always there. When you say yes to come to Mississippi State as a player, as a coach, it's not just getting to Omaha. It is trying to win Omaha. You know, it's just not – and that's the and it's so hard to get there. That's what people don't realize all the time. Sometimes when you get there, it's probably easier in some ways. But matching up right, getting there, staying healthy all year is a big piece. But that's – it's expected in this program. It's just one of those things. It's uh, when you come here and when you look around, you see these facilities. Um, much is given, much is expected. So um, we understand that, and the ball club understands it. You do have a couple of veterans in that bullpen with, with Riley Self and Spencer Price. What do you expect from them this season? Yeah, that'll be a big piece for us. I mean, if and seeing how they pitch here over the next three weeks. So. Um, I'd love to be able to get those guys back in the mix and have their experience and maturity with everything. They um, Spencer had an okay fall. Riley didn't pitch this fall, so us seeing him, you know, this spring, uh, be a big, big piece for us. I mean, I trusted last year. Riley was my guy in the middle of the inning, outside of Jared Lee Belt. I felt like, you know, just the toughness factor with Riley being able to go out there and get outs uh, was huge for us. And uh, Spence getting back in the mix, finding his confidence, and uh, being able to find that slider. So. <clears throat> Coach, um, one guy, one young guy that's um, been mentioned a lot that's expected to contribute early is Logan Tanner. Since he's been here, what has he shown you and what's most impressed you about him? Logan Tanner? Yes, sir. He, um, he's a very talented kid. He, um, his first pitch he threw here was 97. Um, and then I think he walked the bases loaded. But uh, he, um, he has a chance to be a special player on both sides of the ball. He is an advanced catcher. And that's where we're probably going to use him mostly this year. Um, you know, great hip flexibility, ankle mobility. Um, sits in there and catches. I'm watching him yesterday, and he catches the low ball as good as any young catcher I've ever seen. And then he has the arm strength behind the plate. Um, the knock on him coming in was he was a very average hitter. Probably is why he didn't go out of high school. And um, to this point of the year, he has been really good offensively for us. If you come out and watch State BP, he is strong, and there's balls going out of the stadium. I mean, every field. He had some hit balls off the eye drop, out the left, out the right. He's just got a lot of strength to him. So uh, you'll see him a lot this year. And over his career, you'll probably see him on the bump too. Chris, that midweek role, you guys played around with it a lot and then obviously settled Peyton in at the number three kind of after the uh, Governor's Cup series. How much do you anticipate sort of playing around with that and figuring out that spot, at least in the early going of the season, and kind of using that as a way to kind of figure out where you're at on that back end of the rotation? Well, I hope I don't have to figure it out too much. I'm hoping as we lay it out, those guys stay in there. But we have a couple early in the year. We play five games in a week twice, and that's where you're trying to figure out, you know, some extra guys and get some guys, excuse me, some extra work and seeing who can do what. Because we have so many new. We have 23 new guys in the program. So trying to figure out our arms is huge. But hopefully, you know, we settle into some guys. And then sometimes your midweek's just a by-committee game, right? So you're two guys here, two innings here, three innings there. So uh, I don't get too consumed, you know, with the midweeks. It's nice when you have one, and you have that guy every midweek, and he's and he's rolling. Um, but you can, we even last year we didn't really settle on a midweek guy, and we bounced around all year, and and we were had a lot of success. We were really good at coming back from 
four to nothing or seven to nothing last year early in the game, which give a credit to our offense. But our pin, I'm more concerned about building that pin right now. That pin is our pin was a reason we were very successful last year. When you look around the field, it kind of seems like left field and third base might be the two spots that are kind of the most up for grabs right now. How, how do you kind of see those two spots shaking out? Who's kind of some of the favorites there? Well, I'm excited. We have some talent in both spots. It's just it's inexperienced. And I don't know if we're going to have to play one guy. You know, is one guy going to play third base all year? I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit by committee. Same with left field. Uh, we did that with Josh Hatcher and some of those guys last year and matched them up. And we're able to get more success because we do have a couple in left field. Um, Bryce Brock, and he's been, he's been a nice surprise. Uh, Drew McGowan, a young kid for us. Uh, Hunter French has been one. And then we, had, we just got Brad Cumbus from football. So Brad's very talented, just kind of getting back and getting his feet wet. So I think out there having two lefts and two rights that we can use and, and work there is, is huge. And you may see us play three guys in a game, right? I mean, it may be a situation where all three are playing. Third base is kind of the same. I mean, Cameron James, a chance to be a really, really good player, but so does Landon Jordan and Noah Fondren and Mason Land and Tanner Leggett. I mean, we have some nice depth to this ball club, a little more than we had last year. So matching guys up, putting them in the right s scenarios. If the guy's playing bad, I feel like I have another guy to put out there. But defense is going to be the key in those spots. I mean, I've harped on those outfielders because um, I think infield defense were better than we were last year now that we've made the Foscu move and everything else. And Josh Hatcher playing first is a really good first baseman. Um, and third, I think third we can be better defensively. Outfield defense has me, you know, that's what we're spending a lot of time right now. We're just so good with Jake. And then we've moved Rowdy over. Rowdy's a great center fielder, but I had a center fielder playing left last year. So it's uh, kind of all the way across the board. Hey, Chris, you talked about the expectation at Mississippi State getting to Omaha, but you take away the name and the logo and you just look at your personnel and chemistry. How would you assess you know, where this team is at? Does it look like it has the makings of a team that can do what you guys did last year and make that run? I think so. I mean, I think um, – like I said, there's just some unknowns for us right now. Starting rotation, bullpen, couple spots. But we had the same questions last year. Um, and I have a lot of trust in our staff, not just in develop, developing them, but we have one of the top recruiting classes in the country that just came in. So um, it's a short window here because most kids don't spend four years. Um, so, you know, developing guys and getting the next guy ready is, is huge. But I think we have – that type of ball club. I mean, we have four guys. Like I said, we have four, and really we have five in our lineup with Josh Hatcher. I mean, Josh Hatcher from fall, really from last summer to now, may be the most impressive guy we've had, not to put pressure on him, but he's just been really good in everything he's done. And I, I think we have five guys that have played a ton of college baseball from an offensive standpoint, uh, give us a shot to go out there and compete every day. Um, does this team have an identity yet, or is that something you have to get in a few games to kind of develop? Yeah, I think we have uh, – I think that's one of my biggest question marks. I mean, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, you know, we had such an identity last year. Obviously, Jake probably brings a little bit of that. Um, we're still fighting in that piece. Because some of my older guys, Jordan Westberg, works as hard, plays as hard as anybody. But he's normally a pretty quiet kid, you know, where um, Jake was not. And Elijah – I mean, Cole Gordon, we just had – we lost some real personalities on that, on that you know, team last year, which was a lot of fun to coach. Um, but I think you'll see some other ones blossom, and I, I don't think we have our identity yet. Uh, hopefully it's just, man, those guys play hard. That's what I'd like somebody comes and watch us play. Man, Mississippi State plays hard. That's, that's the biggest one for us right now.
Chris, you got a long list of things I'm sure you want to get done, but what, what is the one thing that you've got, you feel like you've got to get accomplished, if not in the next three weeks uh, before opening day, but soon thereafter? I just think lining out this pitching staff, getting everybody their innings right now, keeping everybody healthy, getting into that opening weekend, um, I think that's a big piece for us. I mean, especially uh, we're, we're not used to too much cold weather, so getting through this this time of year and getting guys their innings for me is the biggest piece because the more innings we get, the more at-bats we get, and, you know, guys are ready. But I just really like to come out of spring training with uh, with a healthy team. That's what, that's the biggest thing you're trying to fight. And um, Our system's in. Most of our guys know it. Um, we've spent a lot of time working at it. I feel pretty confident there, but uh, getting all those innings to the right spot. Coach, you talk about health. Uh, I know JT had some arm issues last season. Uh, what kind of offseason did he have? Did you see him getting stronger? And what kind of uh, – do you think there will be any lingering problems on, on that end? No, he pitched yesterday, and he was really good, especially for, for the conditions that we had. He um, – I think the biggest learning piece for JT was, as well, going through the SEC, that's – got to prepare myself, my mind. I also have to prepare my body. And uh, JC, JT's done a great job with that. He looks in the best shape he's ever been. He works – he loves this game. He's getting after it, and I think he's more mentally prepared of, of what he has to do. And he actually got up and spoke to a lot of our younger pitchers and said, hey, this is the, the game itself isn't any different. It's just going out there, pitching on a weekend night, and the atmosphere and the strain on you I think is the biggest thing that JT learned. But a very spe I mean, special player, special makeup. Um, looking forward to watching him pitch this year. Kind of going off of that, uh, you mentioned – personalities and JT kind of has a little bit of that what does it do for the rest of the guys to, to have somebody who's already been a first round draft pick and, and is you know slated to be one of the best pitchers in, in the country probably what does it do for the guys to look at that and know that you know this guy has our back and, and he's going to do everything that we need him to do yeah I mean he's just uh he's got that air about him and hopefully that's where the confidence comes from I mean Ethan Small had it last year Ethan, Ethan's kind of that Friday night guy that lead duck and everybody follows along right behind them um, you got a special, you know, special personality there, and JT probably does have more of it than than anybody in our program. And I, I think I, I've been proud of him in the fact that even as a sophomore, he's really not that old, but he's taking a real leadership position on our pitching staff, especially with our younger guys. And when he talks, man, guys listen. I mean, they are they are tuned in to what he's saying and 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 understand what he's gone through already to prepare themselves. But he's a he's a huge piece. I mean, he's. When I look up at us and say, hey, I think we can do special things, he's one of the big reasons because you got to match up on Friday night, and, and we can do that with JT. All right, so that was the Q&A on Media Day. Media getting to ask questions of Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach, Mississippi State. Hope you enjoyed that. Now, uh, let's flip it over. Here's a quick conversation that uh, – just a real quick one, a couple of questions with uh, Jordan Westberg. I Stepped outside of the team room and and ran the camera and talked to him there. So my audio is a little muffled on the questions, but uh, good, clear audio of Jordan talking baseball. And you can tell he's really excited to get started for year number three for him in Starkville. You know, baseball's back. That's, <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to mind, you know, and it's, it's an exciting time of the year. You know, you're two, three weeks out. Um, the excitement builds, you know, the atmosphere starts buzzing. Uh, it's, you know, people start talking about it's baseball season, you yeah. know, not basketball season, not football season. Um, it's just an exciting time of the year to get back on the field, um, no matter what the weather's like. You know, it's a little cold out today, but you get to play baseball again, and that's the most fun thing to do here. Yeah. Um, 
how would you describe maybe the difference in uh, the way it feels this year that you're kind of the upperclassman yeah. now versus what you've gone through the last two years? Yeah, um, I think it's a good feeling for, you know, all five of us juniors that returned, you know, Hatcher, Foskey, TA, Rowdy, and then me. I think we've got, you know, two years of really good experience underneath our belts. We're all uh, looked at as leaders now um, in our own respective ways, you know, and I think we're all just excited, you know, I keep using that word excited, but it's it's just a fun, fun time being out here with those guys and, and you know, trying to lead the new guys, trying to build that, that culture that we've had the past few years and, and uh, be good examples for the guys that don't have as much experience. Yeah. You know, a lot of people outside uh, still talking about, you know, how you replace small and how you replace main. Yeah. We talk about that leadership. So um, did you, it, would you say that, you and some of the other sophomores, I mean, uh, third year guys learned how to lead from a guy like Mayhem? No doubt, no doubt. Um, I think I had my own respective leadership role last year on the team, just being the in the middle of the infield, kind of a guy that, um, you know, was looked to to make plays at certain times and come up with hits, you know, as everybody is. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, me and Jake having a good relationship the past two years really helped me and I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot how to, how to grow, you know, mentally and, and mature as a baseball player. And um, I think now that he's gone, I think I feel confident that, you know, not only me, but all the other guys that have been here and done it uh, can lead this team uh, in a good way. All right, and finally, let's kick it over to Justin Foscu, second baseman. You know, played some third base early in his career and uh, made the move to second base last year, working out really well for him. And now he's a third-year player, very confident player at the plate, and um, uh, a leader on the team, Justin Foscu. Uh, talking leadership, also talking younger players, but expectations for 2020. We're still experienced in the people coming back. We've been to two Omaha trips, so we're very excited for the season. We're very excited to face a lot of SEC opponents. I'm trying to improve everything about my game, not just my offensive side, but with that being said, my, with your question, offensive side of it, um, just try to be more consistent in everything I do. Um, and that's the only way you get better is focus on little things and you just try to improve those things. I think all the younger guys are really following our lead. Um, they know we've uh, have a lot of experience in big time moments. So um, they, they know what to do. They're, they're just following our lead. And uh, I think everybody's excited. Playing freshman year and going to Omaha, I think uh, we kind of lead in a different way. We're, we're, we're not the outspoken ones, I would say. Um, I think we just lead by example, going about our business every single day um, in, a, in a professional manner. Um, and I think the younger guys see that, and I think they follow that. Playing in a big environment every weekend um, help, definitely helps us. Um, and it just gives us confidence if we win. It gives us um, experience if we lose. Like, you, you're going to learn something every time you go out there on the field and play. I appreciate you tuning in to the Dogpile Podcast presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online, mslandbank.com. Head on over there and let them know that you heard about Mississippi Land Bank here with me on the Dogpile Podcast. Thanks for listening, and uh, let me know your feedback. I always enjoy hearing from you on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Radio Wyatt. I mentioned the Facebook page earlier. It's facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next one. Hail State. See you next time.